0: hey hey you're listening to rising into mindful motherhood i'm your host dr katie wood i'm a barefoot mama bear pharmacist integrative fertility health coach and lover of all things nature and animals i'm on a mission to have intentional conversations about the good the bad and the ugly when it comes to fertility pregnancy postpartum and beyond my mindful guest and i will be talking about Struggles, wins, natural wellness, and how we grow and transform as we enter motherhood. My background in healthcare has shown me how broken our medical system is. My own struggles to become pregnant has shown the lack of support for mamas to be the lack of guidance for women to have a nourishing and vibrant pregnancy, the isolation, mom guilt, and all the things we hold after bringing baby Earthside. I want this platform to be a place where women can feel connected safe and supported to share and hear their stories a place to use our voice to discuss and advocate about what we need and deserve as mothers so let's dive in shall we
1: hello hello welcome everyone if you are a new listener welcome welcome i'm so excited to have you here if you're a returning listener Thank you so much for coming back. I hope that you've been enjoying the episode so far. And yeah, this is going to be a solo episode all about my birth story. So I have had two other solo episodes where I talked about My pregnancy journey and also my fertility journey. So, if you missed those, make sure you go back and give them a listen. And yeah, this one is going to be completely geared towards my birth. So, I may end up repeating some things that were in the pregnancy podcast, but they are just as important for the birth story as well. So, Just to kind of give a little recap, during the first half of our pregnancy, I was being seen by the midwives at a conventional OB office. And, you know, we had all plans to deliver at one of the two closest hospitals. And, you know, after reading the Mama Natural week by week guide, I had learned more about doulas so i had already really heard of the word doula and kind of like had an idea of what it was you know that it, it was a person who attended your birth um i actually thought that it was more of a like a spiritual cheerleader based on the um a girl i went to high school with shared about her birth experience and that she had a doula um but it seemed like more of like a spiritual support. So that's kind of what I thought it was, um, like more of a religious thing, but there's so much more than, than that. They can be that too, but it's so much more. And I learned more about doulas in the Mama Naturals Week-by-Week Guide. And I knew like, yes, we need to have one of these, talk to my husband about it. He was on board because even though we planned on you know, going to a conventional hospital, we still wanted to have a natural birth. So no medications, no epidural, all of that stuff. Those were just things that were important to us. And doulas at the end of the day, they are trained and have so much experience and knowledge in terms of how to best support you and your partner during this beautiful miraculous like amazing experience they come with so much knowledge and then they work with you you know up until you give birth as well and a lot of times they'll support you after you give birth so in my experience um we had decided we would get Or, you know, hire a doula. So I found this website and they hooked me up with this woman. We sat down for an interview, and lo and behold, she lives in the same small town that I live in. Now, the only reason I even live in this small town is because it was a halfway point from where I lived and where my husband lived, and also my stepson, you know, we wanted to be near like his, at the at that time, his current um, school. So that is why I live in this very random small town. And the doula that we interviewed also lives in this town, completely blew me away. And, you know, prior to this interview, I had brought up the idea of having a home birth with my husband, because I also read about that a little bit in the Mama Natural book. And, you know, we both were just like, no way. You know, we live kind of in the country at least 30 minutes away from the nearest hospital. It did not seem like a quote-unquote safe option. And we really just didn't understand how we could ever do that. So we kind of you know, sadly just tucked that idea away. There's not any birth centers near me. So really um, going to a hospital appeared to be my only option. Well, I do believe that things happen for a reason and that God creator spirit universe really helps guide you to making decisions that are meant for you. And I think that the woman we interviewed, who, yes, we ended up hiring her as our doula. Um, her Shelby was her name. She was amazing. She also had a home birth in the same small random town that I live in. Like, tell me that that doesn't give you chills. So then I'm like, okay, all right. If she can do it, why the hell can't I do it? You know? Um, so that was very serendipitous and, you know, it really just reassured that things are possible, even if we kind of let our fear or logic mind get in the way, things are possible when maybe, you know, society or old programming or our family, Don't agree with or don't understand. But having her as someone to kind of lean on and ask questions was really, really helpful. So, you know, even though I had done some of my own research, I was, you know, reading the Mama Natural book, which had a plethora of amazing and empowering information in there. But then I eventually ran across an ad about the Mama Natural birth course. Now, this is where our lives definitely changed, and I highly, highly recommend this birth course to everybody, no matter what you envision for your birth. If you're like, I want a scheduled C-section, or I want an epidural, I want all the drugs, whatever it may be. I want a natural birth. I want a hospital birth, a birth center birth, or a home birth. This birth course and her book completely prepares you for everything to expect. It prepares you to, you know, set an ideal birth plan. Obviously, things don't always go as planned and things are out of our control, but it's still a good idea to kind of figure out what feels aligned for you in terms of how you envision your birth, how you envision bringing your baby into the world and what what things are important to you and i will go over some of the things that were important to me um which i think isn't you know a good thing to just have on your mind and have on your radar so then you you know and you're aware that that's even a thing to consider or to maybe learn more about so you can make a decision an informed decision for yourself so uh the birth course really gave a lot of information that really was the straw that broke the camel's back where I said, yes, I want to have a home birth. This is what I want. This feels really, really good in my body. Like this is meant for me. Now, some of you may think, wow, I could never have a home birth. I would never want a home birth. And that's okay. It's, you know, being able to tune into what you want and how you feel about certain things. And I knew that in my mind and in my body, I felt safer with the idea of having a home birth versus having a birth in a hospital. But again, that's, that's just me and my experience. So uh, about halfway in our pregnancy, we decided to take a jump, take a leap, and switch to a home birth. And another very beautiful, serendipitous thing that happened was our doula had recommended a home birth midwife who lived 20 minutes away from us, so still a very... Um, manageable and reasonable, you know, distance, and she was able to take me on as a client because, you know, really a home birth midwife can only take on so many clients based on like your due date because you know you can't really control your due dates and so many different things could happen and and she needs to make sure that she can um, be available to her clients. So the fact that she, I think. Uh, I was due in the very beginning of May, and we were interviewing her in January. So, I mean, there was only a few months in between. (laughs) So, um, I went to that interview with my husband with at least three pages of detailed and in-depth questions. So, I want you to know that this decision to have a home birth was not made lightly. It was definitely not made on a whim. Like these were decisions that were built on. um, Not that I have to justify my decision in any way, but just to kind of explain what it looked like, you know, reading that Mama Natural book kind of gave me the spark. It gave me the idea. Hiring the doula, like that was Really, like a catalyst to, you know, empowering me that, hey, this is possible. And then, you know, the birth course really, really solidified it. And then just doing outside research as well and asking her three pages worth of questions, which she was able to answer and really helped us feel safe and comfortable with our decision. And yeah, so that was just kind of a little recap of that. So I'm going to get into what that looked like. So, you know, one thing that was really nice working with the home birth midwife was her bedside manner, I guess we'll call it. She had a very hands-off approach you know she never checked me you know as I went later on into the pregnancy to see if I was dilated to see if I was effaced because a lot of times those numbers are very arbitrary you know you could be four centimeters dilated for weeks um I was really thankful for that after the fact because I think that those numbers and measurements can get in your head. And can sometimes freak you out or stress you out or whatever it may be. So, you know, there's a lot that you can do to really prepare your body for a, like a healthy and happy birth. You know, like I said, things do not always go as planned. And even my birth, as we'll get into, didn't necessarily go as planned. So a few things that I did to really prepare for the birth was I started drinking one cup of red raspberry leaf tea starting in the second trimester, and I really gradually increased that to three to five cups of a more concentrated tea starting at week 40. So this really helps tone and prime the uterus. Because um, obviously contractions, healthy contractions are really, really important for getting baby out. And then I began to um, eat two Lara bars because they're mainly made from dates from week 36 on. So there have been a lot of studies that have shown that um, consuming dates before, you know, you have birth can help with like a, an easier birth. And, you know, in the book and in the birth course, it definitely goes into a lot more detail than that. We walked uh, one to three miles daily, rain or shine. After probably like week 40, we were doing that. Um, we were having sex at least every other day because the prostaglandins in you know, the semen can help kind of start contractions. I was eating pineapple around week 41, doing all of the things to get baby girl to come because when you have a home birth in New York, if you don't go into labor by 42 weeks, the midwife can't legally, um, deliver your baby at home. So like I would have had to go to the hospital to be induced. I was experiencing lightning crotch and Braxton Hicks about midway through the pregnancy and the Braxton Hicks definitely became more frequent in the last month or so and daily in the, you know, in at least the last two weeks accompanied by some cramping. But, you know, even though that was occurring daily, there was still no other signs of labor and Braxton Hicks are basically like kind of like contractions, but they're not as um, like potent. And we decided around week 41 plus three days, our midwife had a relationship with an acupuncturist who, you know, can do a treatment to help induce labor. Um so I had this done. It was a very interesting experience and it was very different compared to the acupuncture I had done previously, but it was obviously for a very specific reason to help induce labor. Um it did lead to more contractions that night and we were pretty hopeful, but you know when the morning came and I went to the bathroom, the contractions really dissipated. Although I did lose my mucus plug that morning, so that was pretty exciting. So that would have been 41 weeks and four days that I lost my mucus plug. Um, So we saw my midwife at 41 weeks and five days to do a membrane sweep, but we decided... We really didn't want to do that, to do the membrane sweep because it can prematurely break your water. Sometimes it could potentially even introduce, you know, bacteria or other things. It just, the benefits for us just didn't seem to outweigh the risks. So we decided not to do that. Um, My midwife had a castor oil concoction that she learned from another midwife down south. And I guess it had some great success in terms of inducing labor. It was quite the concoction. I can't really share what was in it because that's proprietary information, but it did not taste good. So I started drinking that at 1 p.m., and finished drinking by 3 p.m. So that's how long it took me to to get it down. I don't even think I actually finished it. I don't remember. (laughs) Um, So it took me two hours to drink it. And we were outside. I remember it was a really nice day out. We were even thinking of going down to a local trail to get our weekly walk in. Like we really didn't know what to expect from drinking this drink. Well, at 3.45, I had bloody show and was very crampy. And if you're not familiar with what that is, that really is just a sign that labor is coming or could be coming soon. So I laid in bed to relax thinking I will definitely need my rest. We put a movie on and just kind of hanging out. I actually ended up getting sick and throwing up at 4.30 p.m., That drink was just really, really not sitting well for me. And by 6 p.m., I started having contractions that were one minute and 30 seconds and coming every three minutes. So I basically skipped over the early labor. And I pretty much went right into active labor because the contractions were lasting pretty long and they were coming frequently. So around 7 p.m., I actually got sick again and I started getting these shooting pains, like nerve pain, down the outside of my legs with each contraction. It was pretty, pretty painful and yeah, I just couldn't even feel my legs. It was an interesting feeling. And the midwife was luckily less than 20 minutes away. My husband had called her and she was coming to check on me. And at around 9 30 PM, my husband asked the doula to come over because my contractions were still, you know, pretty frequent and I was in active labor. I was having a lot of back labor. So my pain relief really came from a TENS unit, which I found very helpful or, you know, at least enough of a distraction to get me through each contraction, which were coming every two to three minutes and lasting at least one and a half minutes. Um, And some other things that really helped me move through that was the doula and my midwife would rub the outside of my legs. My doula started diffusing some essential oils, rub some on my ankles, and really um, putting counter pressure like on your hips and your legs. So just applying pressure, that kind of helped relieve some of that pain as well. Another thing that I found useful was sitting on a yoga ball and just leaning over my bed using the TENS unit um, and resting in between contractions. So we had decided that our mothers could come. You know, we're pretty much in our bedroom while all of this is happening, and we decided our moms could come, and they weren't really going to be in the room or actively in the room, but they were going to be in the house, you know, kind of helping with whatever, getting snacks helping Joel if he needed help with anything, you know, we have two dogs and two cats. So just really being there. And then of course, being there for when the baby was delivered. So when they showed up, they just kind of popped in the room to say hi really quick. And, you know, I was still pretty happy-go-lucky, like, hi guys, you know, what's going on? But even that brief interruption, my contractions started slowing down. So everyone actually ended up leaving the room and just kind of left Joel and I to be together, to be alone, to try to get, you know, things to pick back up. So the point I want to make about that is we are primal beings. I don't know if you've ever had a cat or a dog get pregnant and have babies or any other animal for that fact. But they typically like to be alone. They typically will try to find a dark, quiet, safe place to give birth. And that one interruption from people I know, love, trust, and, and am very comfortable with slowed down my labor and i just want to highlight you know i was so in tune with my body when i was pregnant that that was one of my biggest concerns with delivering in a hospital is the really you know bright fluorescent lights that they have all of the noises that are going on being interrupted by the nurse to check your vitals check this check that You know, being told you can and cannot do certain things, like I just had this deep knowing that my body would not respond well to that. And I think that the fact that my our moms coming in to say a quick hi really, you know, affirms that I was spot on. So, you know, we wanted to try to get things to pick back up. I was still experiencing The back labor, we have two shower heads in our shower. One is kind of detachable from the wall. So we use that on my back for quite some time, um, you know, to just really try to relieve that back pain. And I had to, you know, I would stand up when the contraction would go away and the contractions would come on so strong that I would pretty much have to get on my hands and knees in the shower just to kind of get through them. And this up and down, up and down, I really ended up exhausting myself and I needed sleep. Um, I should also add, we did, we tried to do a bath We actually had a birth tub ready to go in the room, but we decided not to go down that route. The, you know, the bath that we set up in our bathroom did not relieve any pain whatsoever. So that just really, that option didn't feel good anymore. So that's what I mean by, or one of the things I mean by, you know, I had, we had this, birth plan, envisioned birth, but sometimes things don't go as planned, you know, so the water birth just was not an option. It didn't sound good to me at the time. What sounds good to you when you're pregnant may not sound like the right choice for you while you're in the thick of labor, and that's okay. That's why it's really nice to have that open-mindedness, that flexibility, like going into it with flexibility, because probably nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, things just don't go as planned, whether it's a minor thing or a huge thing. And that's, you know, another big reason why having a partner who, you know, took a birth course with you is really helpful and having a doula. So like, you know, your doula can help you kind of shift and navigate when things don't feel good that you thought would feel good to you. So we ended up taking a nap because I was tired. And that's another beautiful thing about having a home birth is you have freedom to do things that sound and feel good to you. So we slept from about four to six a.m., And I was just really, really thankful for that rest and to be able to regain some strength. Because remember, I had gotten sick twice before I really was got, you know, was in active labor. So that can take a lot out of you. (laughs) And, you know, upon waking up, the contractions picked back up and they were pretty much all in my back still, um... I worked through them for a few hours and then my midwife said she could try to, you know, do like an internal check and move the baby since we were pretty certain that her hand was near her face causing the back labor since she wasn't posterior. And when adjusting her, actually my water broke and things started to progress faster. Unfortunately, you know, the baby... My baby must have moved back because, you know, moving her really did not give me any relief and the back labor actually got worse as the day went on and nothing was helping anymore. Not the TENS unit, counter pressure. It was just, you know, mind over matter at this point and just kind of moving through each contraction. So we went back into the shower and, you know, eventually I realized I couldn't pee. I could not relieve or empty my bladder because of the way the baby was positioned. So we actually had to do a catheter to try to empty the bladder and make room for baby. And that, I don't I've never had a catheter as far as I know or recall. It was a little painful, but it was definitely necessary um to really create space for her. So it, you know, it was all worth it in the end. And sometime around 1 p.m., we decided to have the midwife do another internal check to try to move the baby since. The back labor was really, really starting to take its toll on me. Like, I remember just, you know, being in my head, moving through each contraction, using my breath, focusing on the breath. And this is really when it's important to know your why. You know, what was my why for wanting to have a home birth? What was my why for you know, not wanting to deliver in a hospital if I didn't have to? Of course, if if my life or the baby's life was in danger, of course we would happily go to the hospital, but that is not what was going on. It was having to learn how to kind of move through those contractions without allowing the contractions to you know, overtake my mind really. So yeah, that was, that was definitely a test of my strength and my motivation and my determination. So around 1 PM, when she checked again, she said that the baby's head was in position and I could start pushing. Oh my gosh. Like it, was it felt like the best moment in my life. Like such a relief. Yes, I could start pushing. This is the phase that we're in. I've made it so far. So we were about 20 hours in the labor at this point. Um, it was so rewarding to hear that. And just so reassuring knowing that the end was near and I'd be seeing my baby soon. So with a lot of coaching and encouragement from my midwife, doula, and husband, you know, I ended up pushing for, I think it was two hours. I was pretty exhausted at this point. You know, I hadn't really eaten or held that much food down in the last 20 or so hours. You know, I was having snacks here and there like we had honey sticks, frozen fruit, coconut water, ice cubes. They made me a smoothie to really try to help, you know, get me some healthy energy. Um but yeah, I was exhausted. I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's hard work and it's a test. It is a mental test, a physical test, a spiritual test. And that's why it's so important to have a team that you, you know, kind of acquire while you're pregnant. I mean, your partner's your partner. I would hope and pray that they're supportive and helpful, but your birth team is is so important. And you get to choose your birth team. You know, you do have that option. We got to choose our doula. We got to choose our midwife. Um, So yeah, your your birth team is so paramount to your birth. And at 321, I was able to pull baby, you know, onto my stomach. I couldn't pull her all the way up to my chest because she had a shorter umbilical cord. But we were able to enjoy, you know, all of the skin to skin, just completely in awe of what had just happened in less than 24 hours. Our baby was here. She was healthy. You know, we were able to get our delayed cord clamping, which was super important to us. She latched on for nursing by 5 p.m. It was just, a very relaxed, intimate, beautiful experience. Nothing was rushed. She wasn't taken away from me to go be cleaned or whatever. And I know this is not to discount or put shame on anyone who has had to go through their baby being taken away right away because I know that that happens and that has to happen for the safety of the baby it had to happen to my nephew so i know full well um i'm just blessed and grateful that we were able to have this joyous moment together without you know her having to be pulled away we opted not to do the eye ointment because that's really if mom has a vaginal infection like gonorrhea, which that was not a concern. Um, Just so many things that we were able to choose and decide for ourselves as a family. So if you are new to birth, you also have to deliver the placenta after you deliver the baby, um, which I feel like They don't talk about that in movies or anywhere else really too much. So that was something that I learned in my research. But yes, you have to deliver the placenta. And I can't remember exactly how long after she was born. Maybe it was probably within an hour. Um, But I had actually lost quite a bit of blood after I delivered the placenta. And I ended up needing a shot of Pitocin, which can kind of help with contractions to kind of help the uterus uh, stop the bleeding. I had cytotech rectally. I had some IV fluids. And really after that, I felt pretty good. Um, I only had two very minimal lacerations that did not require stitches. So that was after going through the catheter and, you know, delivery and needing that cytotech rectally, I was super grateful for not needing stitches. And yeah, it was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And it did test me so much that I don't know that traumatic is the right word, but it it was a lot to process for me, like what had just happened in the last 24 hours, you know, the back pain was pretty excruciating. I wasn't able to labor in the ways that I thought I would. I wasn't even able to deliver in the way that I envisioned in my mind, because having the back labor caused so much nerve pain and numbness in my legs that I wasn't able to comfortably move around, you know, use the stairs, like use all of the things that I learned in spinning babies. Um, I actually delivered laying on my back, which isn't the I most ideal way to deliver your baby, but I had to work with what was going on for me, and that's in what was comfortable, and it just really kind of survived, like survive through the contractions, and it felt right to me to deliver on my back, and it was actually really nice. My husband was behind me. We were holding hands. I was able to kind of like put my elbows and arms like on his legs. He was right behind me and kind of use him to push off against. So yeah, I say this all just to share that, you know, it was a home birth. It was beautiful. And I'm so grateful for everything, but it was also really, really effing hard um yeah, it was hard. And I remember uh I think it was my brother-in-law when they came to visit or someone asked me like would you have a home birth again and like and I would 110% yes, but also I think it was like too soon, bro. Like too soon to be asking that question. <laughs> because yeah, it was a huge test for me. Um And I just want to say, too, like the doula, I think I had two postpartum visits with her after. So whether you're having, you know, a home birth, a birth center birth or a birth in the hospital, you know, she was able to come answer any questions about breastfeeding, you know, any questions or or concerns I had about my own personal healing. It was so helpful to have that support Know that she was coming because to be completely honest with you, and I'm gonna do a whole nother podcast on my breastfeeding journey, but like uh the the pump was super intimidating for me. Like, my even though I have small boobs, let me tell you, even if you have small boobs, ladies, you can still breastfeed and you can still produce milk because man, that milk came in. And since I was so kind of intimidated about the pump, you know, Olivia was only able to kind of take so much that she she took what she needed. But like, had I felt more comfortable using that pump, I did not have to be so uncomfortable with my boobs being like hard as rocks. But that's why it's just really, really important to have that help because she was able to, you know, give me other ways that I can relieve the milk and, and really breastfeed her in the most optimal way because we had our challenges. I mean, my boobs were so sore for the first two weeks that I thought to myself, I'm just going to be an exclusive pumper. Like I'm going to pump and feed her because the actual act of like nursing her on the boob was really challenging for the first couple weeks, which it typically is. So I just want you to know that it is. It's hard. It's not easy, but it's totally worth it. And that's why having someone there to support you is so paramount to your mental health, physical health, emotional health. And, you know, our midwife, she came, I don't even know how many times she came to our house to check up on Olivia, check up on me, really help us, you know, for the first month she was coming here. So, like, the amount of care, personal care that we got was just, there's no words for it at all. And every woman deserves that amount of care whether you deliver in a hospital or not I really really want that for every single woman because it was just a really blessed experience and I forgot to share Olivia was seven pounds eight ounces and 20 inches I had officially delivered her at 41 weeks and six days so one day shy of 42 weeks had I not gone in labor I think by the end of the day at that 42 week mark we would have had to go to the hospital (laughs) so Olivia showed she her stubbornness she showed she knows what she wants and she stayed warm and cozy in mommy's belly as long as she wanted. And let me tell you, those personality traits are still very much present to this day. She will be four in May. So yes, I hope that you found this empowering to you, inspiring to you, and really just motivating you to maybe figure out what you want. What do you envision for your birth? What do you envision for your newborn as they come into the world? There's a lot of things to think about. Um, You know, do you want a natural birth? What are you okay with having done? You know, we wanted the delayed cord clamping. We wanted a delayed bath. We didn't want her to get that bath right away because there's a lot of important things that are on her skin to protect her naturally. Um, We didn't want the eye ointment. We did not give her the hepatitis B vaccination because in our minds, that was not necessary as an infant to get that. And you can do your own research to figure out, you know, why that is and come to your own kind of decision. Um, We did end up doing the vitamin K shot. And that was a decision we had made based off of my midwife's experience. She did have um, another baby at one point kind of experience. The the potential complications you can have if you don't have the vitamin K. And, yeah, so, you know, benefit versus risk and just what feels good for you and your family. And, yeah, you know, that skin-to-skin contact within the first hour. Also, making sure that dad is getting that skin-to-skin. You know, my husband didn't have a shirt on and was holding her. And if you have animals, that's a whole nother. You need to kind of navigate in terms of whether you're bringing a baby home from the hospital or having a baby in your house. Um, It's actually kind of funny. We have two cats and one cat. I, I swear they imprinted on each other, but it was the day after. And our one cat, Stella, she's our tortoise, tortoise cat. She was on the bed out and we have a video of it we have pictures of it of her just looking at olivia and and then you know my we had a video camera so my husband was taking videos here and there when family would visit and when we watched the video we realized that stella was always in the room Wherever Olivia was. And now, when I look back at pictures, there's so many pictures of Olivia and Stella, and it is so cute and they love each other. And, you know, as a cat, it's just interesting to see that relationship with a child. I feel like typically most cats don't take interest. Um, But yeah just kind of sharing whatever pops into my head here. Another big moment for me was I was probably like over an hour into the pushing phase. And I think my doula could tell that I was getting tired, even though like it was a thousand times better than dealing with the back labor I was still getting tired and they told me they said her head her head is out you can touch her head and I did and that moment just has completely stuck with me it is seared into my brain and even even now as she's older now but especially when she was a baby anytime I would touch the top of her head it's like my body would be completely brought back to that moment that significant moment in my my birth my birth story so yeah i hope you got a lot out of this and i'm definitely going to tag the resources um below because I know I mentioned a few, but these were so life-changing for me, really educational, really empowering. And like I said, no matter what you want or envision for your birth, these are amazing resources. I 110% recommend them. Even if you're not pregnant and expecting, if you know anybody that is, definitely recommend these resources because I think it can really help you make informed decisions and decisions together with your partner as a family on what you want, what you hope and desire, and what you envision for your birth. So thank you so much for listening. If this episode really resonated with you at all, if you could just take a very quick moment to leave a review or a rating so we can really help to get into other mama's lives, because I know community and connection is so important, whether you're on your fertility journey, whether you're pregnant, whether you're a new mom, postpartum, fourth trimester, we all need connection and community. So thanks again for listening. I'll see you on the next episode.